Now, Talk Zone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to guys at a mic show, talkzone.com. Thank you so much for joining us. Absolutely gorgeous Friday here in the fine city of Chicago. The big dog and the coach talking sports and more with you right up until 11 o'clock. Everything from the U.S. Open to baseball action to our salute to the dads out there on a Father's Day weekend and, of course, the award-winning music here at the Talk Zone. It's a uh, big Friday, sports-wise. We'll jump off the sports page on the show, as we always do as well. But uh, got to talk the U.S. Open, one of the four majors being played this weekend. Interesting start yesterday, day two, ensuing as we speak. Beautiful congressional golf club out in Bethesda, Maryland. I've never been in Bethesda, Maryland, but uh, along with going to Italy and possibly visiting the shores of San Diego, Bethesda, Maryland, I think is in our next uh, family trip album. Uh, we got baseball to talk about, plenty of baseball action, getting to the meat and potatoes, heart and soul of the baseball season. We'll talk about that also. Sneaking up to on us, and um, producer extraordinaire David Olson has not even mentioned this yet. I hold him resp- uh, responsible for the lack of due diligence here, but coming up in about six days, six times 24, about 132 hours, we've got the NBA draft. We got to get the big dog doing his homework here. It's almost NBA draft time. If memory serves me correct, or if memory serves me correct, um, next Thursday, NBA draft. Always one of the highlights of the sporting season. A Kyrie Irving, a Derek Williams, the best of the best in college basketball, and then we find out about uh, five, six, seven, eight European players we've never heard from. Either so we uh, got to talk about that NFL season. Looks like uh, the negotiations are. Starting to move along a little bit better, so we are hoping that there will indeed be football. we still got to revisit what the heck went up happened in uh, one of the great cities in the fine country of Canada, Vancouver, with the riots going on. Absolutely unbelievable. Got the College World Series, the CONCACAF Gold Cup in soccer to talk about. So no lack of activities to talk about, and you can talk about it with us here at 888-463-6748. Again, 888-463-6748. It's also also our salute to Dad's weekend out there. Mother's Day clearly is the highlight weekend. It's all about the moms. We are but an afterthought, big dog. We are but an apostrophe at the end of a brilliant sentence, but let us not forget the dads this weekend. Big dog, a happy Father's Day to you and yours, and please keep your hands off mine. Uh, uh, Coach, my hands will be off yours. <laughs> And, and I, I just wanted, I, I want to know now, I'll give any type of salute to dads that you want. I will give the military salute. I'll give the Italian salute. I'll give the French salute. You name the type of salute, I'll give it to a father this weekend. You, you may have, uh, you, you may have a little website or possibly a small business possibility there. Nameyoursalute.com. It doesn't matter. I'll give you the salute that yeah. you need. Yeah. You know, you could be, uh, one of those deals where, you show up, you know, people hire you and you show up to an office and you give any one of, you know, again, it could be humorous, it could be obscene, it could be adult, it could be very patriotic, but uh, we bring a salute to you. 
a possible little business operation for you, Big Dog. You know, travel costs are absolutely incredible to nowadays. Gas yeah. just going through the roof, so you can make a lot of money with that, especially if you ride a bike like myself. I think people pay fifty, seventy-five bucks for a good salute. Yeah. Okay, now I'm going to have to get in a lot better shape if I'm going to start charging like 150 and really make it worth my time, Coach. Well, we'll see. What we... I will work for tips. We'll see what we can do. I keep trying to find a business operation for us, Big Doug. You shoot enough bullets, at some point you're going to hit something on the target, and maybe, God forbid. The key is you're afraid to pull the trigger. Okay. You're right. You're right. I, guilty. Idea. Guilty is charged. We have we have come up with an – we should have written them down. But a tremendous amount of, uh, seriously, some great ideas, which neither of us, and particularly me, have followed up on. Guilty as charged. Well, I mean, it's pretty easy not to follow up on, like, a business idea when everything is rosy and you got a family and you're worried about feeding them. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But when you're the one starving, it's totally different, Coach. Okay. I'm just throwing it out there. Uh, I'll take take your word for it. Big Dog, great to talk to you. we got a lot of baseball to talk about. We've kind of uh, overlooked the fine sport of baseball in the last couple of days. We've done Cubs and Sox a little bit, but we're going to get into meat and potatoes, heart and soul of baseball a little bit, and certainly the U.S. Open golf tournament. Uh, boy, Rory McIlroy, you talk about a fast starter. What was it, last year in the British Open? About a month ago in the Masters, remember he shot out of nowhere, and now in the U.S. Open, day one, he shoots a 65. And the kid is what, Big Dog, about 19 years old? Uh, he's 21, coach. 21? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's young. He's really young. You know, they grow up fast. He's he's younger than Freddie Adu. I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm not 100 sure about that. I'm pretty sure Freddie. Well, Freddie Adu, if you remember, was 16 for about six years. Yeah. So that's why I'm not sure if he's still younger than Rory McIlroy anymore. Uh-huh. But wow, 65. I think the next closest guys are like two or three guys at 68. But just shot out of a cannon. He is your number one. If it's a horse race, he's your uh, he's your sprinter out of the gate. Now whether he can hold on, we will see. But twenty uh, one year old kid from where? Ireland. Uh, yeah, he's a, he's from Ireland, coach. And we've talked about this guy before, and we, and we talked about I, besides Steve Stricker, this is the other guy I want to win. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, it, I remember last year when and this, earlier this year when he blew leads late, you know, and he was like, hey, you know, I'll, I'll learn from this. We'll see if he does. We because he really needs. To show some resiliency and, and hold and hold on to a lead, and not I don't want to like fold again. He's a young kid, you know. He's but I think now that he's used to having the pressure, the limelight on him, I, I don't think he's going to just yeah shoot an eighty-two on the last day. Let us hope not, because that was painful to watch. And I don't know the kid, but seems like a nice kid, and he is a kid. He's twenty-one years old, and just to watch the pressure get to him and watch him go from bad to worse, it was really it was almost physical pain watching the last. Uh, you know, seven, eight, nine holes when he totally blew up. It it was hard because he was such a nice kid. I mean, there's yep. other types, there's other people that trust me. I've watched implode on a golf course, and it was mm-hmm. actually rather, you know, fun to watch somebody get destroyed on a golf course. It wasn't with him. Everyone's talking about Arroyo, McElroy, uh, Charles Schwarzenegger. What the heck is the guy's name? Charles Schwartzel, who won the Masters last year. Nobody ever heard of him. But here at the two guys at a mic show, Big Dog, I need your analysis instead of the top of the leaderboard. I'm looking at the bottom. What the heck happened to Ty Tryon, who's 150th out of 150 after going 13 over? And while you're at it, Michael Barbarossa at 12 over. What happened to those two fine gentlemen? Well, Barbarossa is great on a horse track. (laughs) No, not that Barbarossa. This is the golfer. (laughs) You ever try to swing a golf club with a hoof? (laughs) Not good. Not a good look. What the 
no matter what you say, it's difficult. Okay. Yeah. I mean, Pete Gray, hey, he's the best one-handed baseball player of all time. He still hit 218 lifetime. Mm-hmm. Okay. You got to think of it that way, Coach. By the way, just as a sidelight, as you're talking about uh, oddities in the world of sports, you remember Eddie Goodell, yeah. right? The midget yeah. that Bill Beck brought up for the Chicago White Sox? No, no, he brought him up for the St. Louis Browns. I'm sorry, for the St. Louis Browns. His grandson, grandson out of Rolling Meadows High School, and I think he played his college ball at Vanderbilt, got drafted in the Major League uh, Baseball draft, a local kid, Kyle Goodell, the grandson of Eddie Goodell. Big dog. There's your trivia, nonsensical, insignificant trivia for the day. No, it's cool trivia. The Eddie Goodell story is really, really sad, Coach. The guy was a huge drinker. Uh-oh. And uh, he died alone, penniless, broke, and it, it, it's a really a and he actually died in after a barroom brawl. Coach, people like he got into a fight and blah blah blah. So he leaves. One of the guys in the bar followed him home and beat him to death and took all his money. Wow. The Eddie Goodell story is not one of the ones wow. that you hope what happens how, to your kid. How many years after uh, he made? His 15 minutes of fame, if you will, was he uh, you know, still a young man or was this much later in life? Well, this, he, this was about 15, 20 years later. Okay, uh, by the way, he, he made his only official major league at bat in 1951. Okay. You know what happened in that at bat, coach? He walked. On four pitches because the strike was like three <laughs> inches big. So he had a, a perfect on base percentage of major league baseball. Yeah, the highest ever, 1,000. <laughs> it's perfect. And do you know, remember what number he wore, coach? Uh, absolutely not. I couldn't, I'm, you know me, I'm bad on numbers. I couldn't tell you. He wore one eighth. One eighth? Eighth, yeah, one what, eighth. What's the significance of that? There, there was just because he was so tiny. He's, you know, three foot seven and he walks out on a baseball field wearing one oh. eighth. The crowd <laughs> went crazy. <laughs> Everybody was laughing besides the pitcher. Uh-huh. Even the, the pitcher and the catcher were upset. Even the infielders were laughing when Eddie Cadell walked <laughs> to the plate. And they gave him one of those miniature bats that you give a kid, you know, those little <laughs> tiny bats, uh-huh. veneer bats. Yeah. And uh, and Vec told him, this is no joke, Coach, Bill Vec tells Eddie Goodell as he walks up to the plate, if you swing the bat, the sniper that I have up in left field <laughs> and, and over the first baseline will shoot you and yes. they don't miss. And very like, okay, sir. Very few people realize that young sniper at the time was uh, Ken Hawk Harrelson. That was his first job with the White Sox. What? He was going to take out Eddie problem. Goodell if he swung the bat. Did, did the midget Eddie Goodell, was he actually, did he ever play baseball, or that was strictly? Uh... That was it. That was it. They, a pinch runner came in the first base, okay. and his his fit as a major league player was done. Mm-hmm. And by the way, there is some type of, uh, there is, a myth that Major League Baseball created a rule that says you have to be a certain height to play Major League Baseball. I have heard that after after the Goodell signing. Remember, Jeremy, you've heard yep. it, right, Coach? I have heard that myth. That's, that's not what Major League Baseball passed. They just said you have to get your players approved. So okay, it's a three foot seven guy that can actually play. He can mm-hmm. still make Major League Baseball. So if you're a yes. pitcher or a dwarf out there, don't give up your dream to make it to Major League Baseball. That's just a myth. Okay, so if you know, so that's the thing. You just yep. even if you have a three foot seven, you have to contact Major League Baseball, mm-hmm. show them the credentials, and they'll be like, "Oh, okay, he's worth signing." Yeah. So that that's that's well, it's, that's, a, it's a good rule. MLB does not want to make the game a, a travesty, but yeah, if you're four foot two inches tall and you can hit the ball, you got a chance. Live the dream. No joke, Coach. Uh, Mac Murray College. Uh-huh. Um, I was the biggest baseball fan that they had. Sat right behind home plate. 
great baseball squad. You know, I've told you how many major league players that they've brought up through McMurray College. It's unbelievable considering that there's 600 people in the school. Now, these were the games you went to when the women's field hockey and women's lacrosse team were not playing, correct? Uh, oh, trust me, when Chick or women's softball. Field, I didn't. I never missed a women's yeah. field hockey game because you've already informed us of that. Uh, again, tremendous theory out there for all the young gentlemen out there. The big dogs theory was uh, for meeting women in college. Go to a female sport that doesn't get a lot of fans. You show up there regularly. You'll be a very popular gentleman in a short period of time. So that, that's a great theory. But during your free time, not going to those games, this is when you attended the baseball games. Not only was I the one that they always invited to the party, I was the one that they were like, Joe, will you go get the keg for us and the pizza? Here's the money. So, yeah, no problem. I'll do that for you. Thank you, ladies. We gave you money for five kegs. There's one. Uh, you were the class president. You didn't have to be sitting at a women's field hockey game to get a date. You were the president of the damn school. What's wrong with you? I need to coach my girlfriend in college. I, I'll, I'll throw pictures of her. I, like, uh, it's funny because my girlfriend now she cracks me up. She's always like, "Let me see pictures of your previous girlfriend. Oh, that one's pretty. Oh, she's really pretty. She seems nice. She's so positive. You know, most of oh, she's ugly. Oh, I can't believe you ever dated her. Like my girlfriend now, like goes out of her way. She posts pictures of me, my prom picture. She's like, "Oh, you're so hot in this picture." She's posting them on her Facebook pictures. Um, pictures of me in prom. Okay, so I, I don't understand that type. I, I, I don't get it. I might have to take a look at those pictures. But get get back to your story. You're talking about uh, a Mac Murray game where something oh, similar to the Eddie Goodell. So, uh, no joke, the ball boy for – I'm not making fun of these people. Cause, but all, the, the best thing for me to tell you, Coach, is I ripped every batter that ever came up against Mac Murray. Every pitcher heard it from me. Me yep. and Butler, Butler and I gave it to people like you don't understand. I've seen you at a minor league baseball game after a few beverages razz the other team, so I, I, in a small way, I do understand. Okay, so the best way I can say it is the ball boy in a doubleheader, you know, it's one of those college doubleheaders, two seven-inning games. Yep. You know you know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. It's really cool. You play 14 innings, two decisions. You go home. As long as McMurray wins two, everybody's happy. Okay, next you know the ball boy? In the middle of McMurray's second game, and they're playing. Uh, let me think. I'll, I'll think of the name of it. It's. Uh, um, I'll think of the name of the school. It's Principia. Is there? Did you ever hear of Principia, Coach? Uh, I think I have. It's it's a really 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 good school, uh, but like the whole time, like you got to be a Puritan in order to go there. Uh-huh. They, they make sure that all the young ladies have never. I, never mind if you know what I'm I saying. I think I think I applied. I was turned down, but I did apply at one point to Principia. They did, they, they did not take people with afros, especially if they were white. So you had no chance out of high school. Over there. Okay. Well, all of a sudden, the ball boy, who's a midget, who we didn't make fun of at all during the game, grabs a bat and walks up to the plate, and he's shorter than three foot seven, coach. Mm-hmm. And I am not kidding you. Like, like, Butler doesn't say a word. And I'm like, we can't let this go by Butler. I was like, that guy's a baseball player, and we need to make fun of him. I don't care how small he is. If we don't make fun of him, He's going to think he's different. He's going to feel bad about it. And he's like, what are we going to say? And I just blurted out, good job! As loud as I possibly could. I have not kidded you. <laughs> Nobody in the place got it besides the both baseball coaches. My The head baseball coach at my school knew what that meant. And he, the look he gave me, Coach, I can't even explain to you. He, like, blurted out and dug out just eyeballs me. The guy in, at bat, like, the, the batter, like, pounded home plate and then just 
turned around and looked at me. Coach, he's a foot shorter than the catcher who's squatting at the time. Okay. <laughs> and then you got to realize I'm between like a fence and the guy and, and, and Butler looks like, oh, my, he's like Butler grabs me. He's like, that little dude's going to kill you. I'm not kidding you. Kevin Callis is pitching. He throws 92 miles an hour. He gets drafted by the Reds two years later. Okay. First pitch, this kid hits a rocket to the second baseman. It was an out, a run scored. And I'm not kidding you. He came back around first base and came as close to the fence as possible. And right when he goes past me, the little midget, like, spit. <laughs> what did he do? He spit? He spit. Oh, <laughs> and that's... he eyeballed me. I mean, the place stood up for grabs, Coach. I am not kidding you. It was <laughs> awesome. The best interaction. I was able to taunt a midget. <laughs> And it didn't look bad. Like, like everybody left laughing. Like it, was, like it was a feel-good moment, me talking to Midget. Oh, the memories at Mac Murray College for the Big Dog. We could write a book, Big Dog. We could, <laughs> we could write a book, and there'd be plenty of chapters, uh, very few of which could be read by the youth of America. But, you know. I couldn't believe what I was seeing, Coach. I mean, this guy comes up and grabs the bat, and I, I and all I could yell was, get down. But I, I, it was worth it. Sounds like a Kirk, a, a Kirk Gibson with a Kurt Gowdy. I don't believe what I have just seen. I, oh, goodness. I, I am not, that, by the way, that wasn't Kurt Gowdy. That was Jack Buck. Well, same thing. I don't believe what I just saw. He yeah. was doing the radio of uh, the Kurt Gibson home run. Yeah. And Vince Scully did the television. And uh, he didn't yell, uh, do you believe in miracles? But that was no. I think, no, Vince Scully, I think, at the time said, what happened? Where'd the ball go? <laughs> Vin was a little bit behind the play, but, you know, that no, stuff no, no, can no. happen. Very Scully, depressing that Eddie... Eddie Goodell passed on. I'm a little upset with the story. I never heard that. I uh, got beat, oh, yeah, the, beaten up, leaving a bar, and got it. killed. Very depressing. Yeah, I mean, it beat to death. Like, Oof. like blood I mean, it was bad. It was, ah, the Eddie Goodell story is not a cheerful that story. That is not good. Whatsoever. That is not good. I hate to hear a guy dying like that. You hear about the guy who uh, guy who died two weeks after getting married, Big Dog? Two uh, weeks Ed, the guy died after getting married. You know what his friend said? Well, at least he didn't suffer too much. Thank you very much. 888-463-6740. Hey, speaking of MLB, now here's a topic we have not brought up. And again, I hold our producer, David Olson, responsible for this. This is a semi-major story in the making. We haven't even brought it up. Big dog, I don't know if you were on the air or not. we got the NBA draft coming up. David Olson, our producer, hadn't even told us about that. I didn't research it myself. So uh, our staff has fallen behind the times here. they got the summer the summer. Um, you know, take a little summer vacation on us. But at any rate, Major League Baseball, I'm sure you've read now, you know, talking about some changes, the owners uh, and the committee getting together, talking about changes, Bud Selig in charge of one of the major changes that they're serious about starting next year, getting rid of the divisions and going to two 15-team leagues, top eight or maybe top six make the playoffs. The next four would be wild card teams. A major change. I'm not sure how I feel about this one, but your thoughts, my friend. Coach, we've already talked about this. We have? You know how I feel. Not when I was on. It's an absolute joke. Maybe this will ring your memory. It's an absolute joke that the Cubs play in a six-team division and the Angels, A's, Rangers, and Mariners play in a four-team division. Yeah, that I remember. Okay, that's what that's what the whole thing was. Well, no. We're, they're doing away with all that. So now well, the, the Cubs won't be at a disadvantage and the Rangers and A's won't be at an advantage. Right, but I don't recall talking about it. I, I would be shocked. I'm shocked that they're even thinking about doing it. That doesn't mean I'm, I'm disagreeing with it, but we have never talked about the possibility of going back to two 15-team leagues, have we? Yeah, yeah that, that, that's what we were talking about that day when I was talking about how they're doing away with the divisions. I, I must have not been there that day. And, and yeah, you were, Coach, because <laughs> who else do I do a radio show with? 
So ah. uh, the whole thing is they're not sure which National League team that they're going to have to pluck out of the yeah. National League and put back in the American League. That's... I mean, the Brewers were already an American League team. Go right ahead and pluck them out, even though as a Cub fan, it's really cool to have a you know nine road games within an hour and a half from the house. That's actually pretty cool. So I, I really don't want to lose them. But since they were already an American League team, I really do think historically they should take the Brewers and put them in their butt. Well, the see... is the Houston Astros coaches. That's probably the team that if they go ahead and do this, is it yeah. going to pull out of the National League? But to me, I, I, I like it. Okay, that's the part I want to get to. Which team moves over? You know, that that's a, a little beam in the entire building of the house. I'm not that concerned with which team moves over. In fact, one of the things they're talking about, Big Dog, is uh, irregardless of league, I think you'd play every team five games. That's one of the proposals. Oh, okay, because then so you put 29 other teams, you know, right there. That's, yeah. 100 and, that's 145 games, right. 17 extra games, which I guess you could – Make sure that those games, the Cubs would play the Cardinals, the White Sox, the like. In, yeah. You know that's again that's that I don't know that. Wow, that's crazy. Legitimately, make it the major leagues is what you're saying, Coach. And, yeah. Wow. And that's just a, a proposal, but I think that the bigger picture here is you know a major change. You are really going back to when it, when I was young, when there was a National League and an American League, and you go, one thing I would like about it, if you went two fifteen divisions, if you win the pennant, if they still call it that, or if you win your league championship, that's huge. Yeah, I would love, love if they made, if they, and by the way, I don't think you'd be playing every team in Major League Baseball the same amount of time. You'd yeah. be playing the same amount of that was just in your league, the same amount of time. That was just one of the proposals. I think that proposal might have come after a few cocktails late at night at the bar. I, I don't think they'll go with that. It would make sense where if you played the other 14 teams in your league like 10 times, that's 140 games, then you have 22 games again. Mm. Or maybe you play everybody 11 times, so now that's, that's 154 games, and you have the eight interleague games. Yeah, so like I, I, somehow games. I'd like to keep the crossover games because I think that that adds the interest to that. It's been around long enough. You can yeah. go to league. But, but how would it change our viewing of baseball? I think a fairly drastic change. And, again, I'm, I think I'm more positive than negative, but I'm not sure. But I do know it would be drastic. if You, you know, no divisions, 15 teams, everybody's battling for playoff spots as well. It would be huge. It would be huge. And, I, I see, it's a good move. It would help the smaller market teams. How the heck is Toronto ever going to go to the playoffs, even though they, they're legitimately one of the top half teams yep. Over the last 20 years of Major League Baseball, but they they haven't gone to the mm-hmm. world, they haven't gone to the playoffs since they went to the World Series in '93. For one simple fact, they have the Red Sox and they have the Yankees in their division, mm-hmm. and, and Tampa Bay, you know, can has a decent organization. So I like it. It, it helps smaller market teams make the playoffs. And if they really, I, I would love to see the winner of each league actually get a trophy. And I'm talking about the regular season. Yes. Because right now, like, if I see somebody with, hey, I'm wearing my my 2004 Oakland A's Western Division champion T-shirt, you beat 300 teams. Go ahead, wear the T-shirt. You should turn it into a rag. <laughs> that bothers me. We're going to win the division. Oh, yeah, great. The Cubs are going to win the Central. But at least the Central Division has six teams in it, unlike any other yeah. team in Major League Baseball. Right. So, you know, that hard, hard to celebrate too much. Winning a four-team division, I completely agree with you. I, I honestly wish they would do this for a professional football coach. I am the eight four-team divisions is the dumbest thing. I know it's the greatest sport in the world, American football, 
but that is the most moronic thing I've ever heard is that you can play in a four-team – everybody's in a four-team division. You can win it at 7-9 and nine like the Seahawks, and 11-5 and five teams in the AFC don't even make the playoffs. That's, it's so moronic. It bothers me. Mm-hmm. People say, oh, that, makes it, that brings out parity. It makes it more fun. No, it doesn't. In January, I want to see the best teams playing in the playoffs. I don't want to see some team get there because of some scheduling quirk that they had, they got to play the Cardinals twice and they got they got to play the Seahawks twice. So and the Rams twice. All of a sudden, now they're in the playoffs. So yeah, it's anything that makes the regular season championship more noteworthy and worthwhile. I'm all for coach. So I I, I like the idea. Now what ends up happening is. Since you'd have 15, the reason why it's 16 and 14 now is because you have to have even number teams in each league, and if you don't, you'd have to play interleague every single series. So that also would happen, Coach. So opening day, you might have the Seattle Mariners taking on the San Diego Padres. Nothing wrong with that. No, but that, that's what – no, I'm not complaining about it. It's just that's why they didn't do it originally, and that's why they took the, the Milwaukee Brewers, pulled them out of the American League East, and put him into the National League uh, Central when, in 1998 when uh, the, the, what do you call it, the Diamondbacks and the Tampa Bay Devil Rays at the time were added to baseball. Mm-hmm. So, it, you know, I'm all for it. I really am. Everybody's oh, afraid to change, afraid to change. I love the idea because I could care less about the National League Central. All I care about it would be great to have the top five teams in the National League make the playoffs. And what would happen is teams four and five would play a three-game series to figure out who was playing the number one overall team. No, they're gonna they're gonna put more than four teams in it. Coach, coach, listen, what's going on? Uh, there's going to be ten teams, five yeah. in each league. In in each league, wait, four and five play a three. No, 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 no. There's going to be more than I think. There's going to be more than that. Coach, no, there's only going to be ten teams. Well, it, there's different proposals depending on how many cocktails and who you've been, uh, you know, partying with late at night with the owners. But but there are other proposals. I don't. I okay, think it's. Well, it's going to be more than four or five, but I think it's going to be six, maybe as many as eight. In each league. Yes. go to 16 teams, make the playoffs. If Possible. If baseball does that, then they're stupid. The best thing baseball has right now is they have the fewest amount of teams make the playoffs to mm-hmm. make the regular season noteworthy. Well, but what they they're trying games. to do is is create uh, interest with as many teams as possible late in the season to help. Obviously, ticket sales and TV Honestly, watching. Yeah, I haven't heard 16 teams making the playoffs. The most I've heard is 10. I haven't, I haven't heard anything more than 10. David, really David, put on the table. Commissioner uh, David Olson, who I think has been in on some of those talks. Yes, Commissioner. <laughs> yeah, um, I heard 16 as well. Uh, or no, no, I take that back. I take that back. Six, maybe six teams in each. Yeah, yeah, maybe it's twelve. Maybe it's yeah. twelve because what they're going to do is they're going to add an additional wild card yeah. team. But whether whether it's so five, so, it's, so there's going to be no first round. Okay, guys, there's going to be adding an additional wild card team to each league that would make ten. Okay, that'd be ten teams, and four and five play a three game series to determine who's playing one, which would make winning your league an extremely advantageous advantageous position because you have a team that's playing an all or nothing series. For three days before they play you. So nowadays, that winning your league means nothing in the regular season. Mm-hmm. That would be if they did. If they made it ten teams, that would be the perfect way to do it. Because really, if you won your league with the best record, you had a gigantic, a gigantic edge to get to the World Series. Commissioner Joe Radwanski breaking down the potential Major League Baseball realignment. We hope our listeners out there are taking notes. There will be a slight uh, take it home. 
test over the weekend on this material. So we all, we always advise you have a pencil and notepad when you listen to the show. You never know when a moment of brilliance or a bad joke will come up. But, uh, eight, if you want to uh, chime in your thoughts on the MLB potential realignment, 888-463-6748-888-463-6748. Big dog, you mentioned rightfully so it's going to add, uh, uh, a lot of, uh, Credence and prestige to winning your, you know, pennant, winning the championship. Yeah. But I, but I think the biggest thing we haven't touched on yet, and that is, let's talk practicality. Let's talk real life. Let's talk like this part of the season. It, you know, compared to the division races that we're seeing now, let's let's put it into, you know, the middle of the season. What does it do for interest level in June? And in July, instead of divisions, we're looking at a 15-team schedule, a 10th-place team, 4th-place team. Does it create more? And this is the part I'm a little confused on. Would it create more interest, less, or maybe surprisingly the same? Uh, it, it would probably a tiny bit more early, definitely more early, because you do something new in a sport, people are going to be yeah. interested to see how it, it happens. Now, what will end up happening is you want to be in one, two, or three, position you don't want to be you definitely want to be in one two or three is pretty good and if you're in four or five well you're about to kiss your butt goodbye well so you, you know what i mean so, well but but so first you want to you want to get right in now. you if can't win right if you don't get in okay well coach you're looking you asked that if here it comes right now okay right now you don't have a chance to win the, the national league central so do you have a chance to win the wild card no so oh now the other way to look at it is okay we're the chicago cubs and we're 13 games, 14 games below 500 here on June 17th. And uh, do I have a chance to be in the top five in the National League? That's the way you would look at it. Yeah. And you know what I mean, and like, well, other teams like the Reds or the Brewers are like, hey, could we be in the top three? We have to make sure we're in the top three by the end of the season. Well, I don't know about that. I think the Reds and Brewers would still be fighting. I mean, they'd like to be in the top three, but their their number one goal is, is to get in, well, finish in the top five. Well, my point is there's going to be like you're going to have a different – no, you're no longer trying to fight for divisions or a wild card. Oh, we really want to win the division, but we got to, we got our eye on the wild card too. Don't forget that. Mm-hmm. It's a little different now. Now, you honestly are rooting for teams based on only their record. Like, like, cause, like right now, if the Cubs were in it, just say the Cubs are in it right now. If the Cardinals were playing the Giants, who do you root for? We just assume oh, we're rooting for the Giants. Well, what if the Brewers are going to run away with the division? And the Cubs are battling the Cardinals or the Giants for the wild card. Then you don't know who you're rooting for. It, it makes actually rooting for people a little bit easier at that point. Mm-hmm. I'm confused. Uh, I, 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 I'm honestly not sure. I, I tend to think it'd be a good change, but I'm not not sure. How about like let's take real life example right now? The minute. What's so difficult about it? I don't know what you're confused about. Well, I, I, I'm. It's maybe confused is the wrong word. I'm not sure if it would create more interest. Or less. If I were a Cub fan right now, you know, do we have a better chance to get on some miracle run and, and chase down our division? Or if we were a 15-team league, would we have more hope? Hey, we can still, you know, with a with a great finish, finish in the top five. I don't know. Well, I, I, we probably that's how Cub fans would look at it. Look at it, wouldn't they? But which? Or how about the Minnesota Twins now? The hard charging, or even the White Sox? Uh-huh. Uh huh. More interest now. Is the way it stands, they're nine back, but the uh, American League Central, nobody's taking control. Or would the Minnesota Twins be more into it and have a chance if we're a 15-team league shooting for fifth place? Again, I'm not sure. That, uh, sad to say, but the the those the, the 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 division has been so bad for so long that maybe that has something to do with it. That uh, 
And maybe if you're an American League Central guy, you don't want to get rid of the division. Mm-hmm. You feel you have a better chance, one in five, to just luck into a division championship than you would if all of a sudden all the teams in the American League East had just as good a shot to win it. You know what I mean? All of a sudden, the, if the White Sox are competing against the Toronto Blue Jays mm-hmm. to get into the playoffs in the top five, and the Blue Jays are playing um, the White Sox, the Twins, and the A's just as many times as they're playing the, the Red Sox and the Yankees now, wow, talk about a level playing field. Maybe the White Sox and the Twins don't want this to happen. Think about that. All of a sudden, their their advantage of being able to play the the Royals, and you know, every single year that and the Indians. I mean, everybody's surprised. You know, the Indians had a, you know two good years in the last eleven, oh seven, and this year. And this year, all of a sudden, they're falling apart. So the Blue Jays want it. Okay, the Tampa Bay Rays want it, Coach. The White Sox, the Tigers, the Indians. I, I mean, I mean, the White Sox, the Tigers, the Twins. I don't know if they would want. Right, right now, the way the league is set up, mm-hmm. much more advantageous for the yeah. the White yeah. Sox. You're, you're ter- happen. And by the way, Reinsdorf is totally against this because he knows that it will help the Chicago Cubs. Anything that will help the Cubs, Reinsdorf goes balls <laughs> out to try to stop. And don't say and don't say it isn't true, Coach, because it is. Because when Mark Cuban tried to buy the Cubs, Reinsdorf was threatening to jump off a ledge at the time. Okay, he threatened suicide if that happened. He's like, I'll, I'll move the I'll move the White Sox to Alaska if you if Mark Cuban buys the buys the Cubs. So yeah, so really think about that. That's a great point that you bring up. Think about the team individually and figure out how what the owner's going to say. Reinsdorf's smart. He is a smart, smart businessman. He's a great owner for that particular fan base. As a, as a Cub fan, mm-hmm. needs to get out of the city. Uh, Commissioner uh, David Olson, we're talking MLB realignment. Phone number here, 888-463-6748. Got a baseball roundup up and wrap them up right around the corner. I think it's a foregone conclusion that something is going to happen, and I think it's going to end up being something radical. Boy, that, I, re- I really think they're going to do something just to shake things up. I, I think you're right, Dave. They um, have to do something about the inequity of the, of the division. They have to. Well, I mean, they had something crazy to do something dramatic. Well, the most dramatic one is the one where they're going to do with the, uh, the you know, the geographic realignment, where you got teams swi- you know switching leagues and the whole shot. So yeah, now, football of all leagues should do it. If they do the uh, the geographic alignment realignment, which would be kind of cool, but then again, the great thing about baseball is so original that there was a National League and there was an American League and they were totally separate for years. I know we have interleague play now, but it's still kind of a part of the game. If that happens, if it's that dramatic, Dave, that is really a risk. Well, well, what the, no, they're still going to, you're still going to have the American League and the National League. But the teams that comprise those two leagues are going to completely change. Now, this is like the most radical one that's out there right now. Okay. Like, for, exa- for example, for example, you've got the, you know, and how these things end up breaking out if they're National League or American League, it's probably still up in the air. But, you know, just for reference, this is what, you know, Phil Rosenthal's come up with. Or not Phil Rosenthal, uh, Ken Rosenthal. Uh-huh. Uh, you've got the American League Atlantic, which would be the Mets, the Yankees, Ooh. the Blue Jays, Orioles, and Nationals. Interesting. Okay. The American League Great Lakes, which would be the Twins, the Pirates, the Indians, the Tigers, and the Reds. Then the American League Pacific, the Dodgers, the Angels, the Athletics, the Giants, and the Mariners. Wow. Now we move over to the National League. Uh, the National League East would be the Red Sox, the Phillies, the Braves, the Marlins, and the Rays. 
the National League Midwest. Uh, that was going to be the Great Plains division. The Cubs, the Cardinals, the White Sox, the Brewers, and the Royals. Ooh. I love that division, I, by I, the way. I, I'm liking I this concept. I love that division. I'm liking this. And then the NL Southwest, the Diamondbacks, Rockies, Rangers, Astros, and Padres. Wow. There, there's something that I noticed about this, and one of them is it's really not geography because how you know how are you really going to pull – how could you put – like Baltimore and New York in the same division, and not, and then all of a sudden Boston. Is yeah, and Boston's out. I kind of noticed that too. Uh-huh. I kind of noticed that too. I mean, real realistically, you flip flop the Red Sox and the Nationals, or the Red Sox and the Orioles. Yeah, is what yeah. You that do. now it makes now. And if you're going to turn teams from the National League and the American League, if you're flipping leagues, why are you pulling the Yankees and the Red Sox apart? That doesn't make any sense. And why are you pulling the Twins apart? The Twins are on the Great Lakes, but they're a lot closer to Milwaukee and Chicago than than Kansas City is going to be. I mean, and, and and if the Cubs are playing the Cardinals, shouldn't the White Sox get to play the Twins, who's a huge rivalry? In the well, what, what, what they would do, they would what they would do is they would keep these rival rivalries going through interleague play. Like the the White Sox would play the Twins and the Tigers every year, mm-hmm. and then the Yankees would play the Red Sox, isn't it? But yeah, have the Yankees and the Red Sox vying for a division against each other instead of playing. Well, but in this scenario, imagine the Yankees and the Red Sox going for the World Series. <laughs> Interesting. What about you? Just mentioned Jerry Reinsdorf, big dog Sox and Cubs in the same division. Jerry Reinsdorf before that against it or somewhere in the vast in between? Okay, no, no. I, I'm, you know, I do not like to sit on the fence, Coach. I really don't know. I wish I can give you an opinion. Uh, I'm sitting here because he is a very competitive person. He wouldn't he wouldn't think that the White Sox would lose to the Cubs. Mm-hmm. But then again, I really don't know if he wants to compete with them. He doesn't mind competing with them in the sense of, okay, the Cubs are everybody's lovable loser. We'll go out and win baseball games. They'll make $10 million more a year than us. I'll deal with it. I, I don't know as competing – that would really throw a monkey wrench into everything. If not only are you competing at the gate, but you're competing head to head for a division. For, you know, this interleague, you know, it's all cute and we all love it. You know, it's, it's all nice. But at, at the end of the day, to be quite honest with you, if, if the Cubs were good and had a chance to win, if you asked me, would you rather have the Cubs sweep the Cardinals or the White Sox? I'm not even going to blink. I'll let the fat dude down the street who hasn't seen his thing in years. Make fun of me for the Sox sweeping the Cubs, and, and you know you know what I'm getting at. Let's be honest with you. I'm a I'm a diehard Cubs fan. I'd rather yep. beat the Cardinals than the White Sox. Mm-hmm. So, wow, that's that's an interesting uh, bringing up all different kinds of potential changes. I had not heard the one that uh, Commissioner Olson brought to us, but uh, boy, that that would definitely create some interest, change things up, sparkle the league a little bit. Everybody's got their own opinions on this. They're like, minor. how about something minor? How about this one being brought up? You take the Houston Astros, which are the 16 National League Central, and you put them in the American League West, and you have three or uh, five, or excuse me, six five-team divisions, three in each league. That that's the least amount that they'll do. That's the starting point, by the way. It doesn't. It isn't as drastic as Dave just just said. And wow, that's seriously no, drastic. Or as opposed to as drastic as Coach and I are talking about, basically just. Two different leagues set up. No, no, There's he's and he's exactly right. That. He's exactly right. That's that's what's on the table, but it's also going to require a little bit more shuffling. You know, some teams are going to end up switching divisions. Mm-hmm. And, and and honestly, if you're the if you're the Houston Astros owner, if just it's the simple one that they're talking about, this is thrown on your plate. 
okay, you're going to move over to the American West. Everybody's like, oh, it's simple. Now they're in the American West. Well, if you're the Houston Astros owner, do you want television ratings uh, and, and draws of games against the Angels and the A's and the Mariners, or do you want the Cubs and the Cardinals fans coming to your town nine times a year? So don't think that the Astros are going to be like, yippee, yay, we're moving the American West. They don't want to lose the Cubs and gain the Angels and the A's. You know, there's, there's no mystique. There's nothing about that. And, and if, you, if you don't think that has anything to do with it, don't forget in, the, in 1969 when baseball rearranged the divisions, everyone is like, why is Atlanta and Cincinnati in the um, National League West and the Cubs and the Cardinals, which are 500 miles west of Atlanta in the National League East? It's because one simple fact, WGN had the biggest television ratings, and all they wanted to do was make sure that they were playing the Cardinals and the New York Mets and the Philadelphia Phillies, and WGN didn't have to put on games at 1 o'clock in the morning out in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. So television ratings have a gigantic gigantic part of this coach. oh yeah well that, that's that that is a given today in uh, modern professional sports not just baseball tv if it's not if it doesn't run the uh, professional organization it's a major part of their decision making yeah, no so question if, about it if in 1969 that was a first and foremost thought under mine it hasn't changed in 2012 mm-hmm. this is what i'm getting at okay all right well that will be interesting to see it unfold they sparked uh some discussion here. The big dog, obviously, some uh, thoughts and philosophies on it. Uh, and again, you want to chime in eight 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 four six three six seven four eight. Real quick, though, big dog, let's get to some of the matters at hand. We're going to go in reverse order today. A little baseball, round them up and wrap them up, and then we'll uh, finish it with Cubs and White Sox. Real quick, uh, if with your permission, we'll go to the American League first. Oh, please, coach. I love the American League. God bless you. By the way, happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there. It's our salute. To Dad's weekend, big dog. It's a very special, special, special weekend. I got to be honest with you, coach. I'm not sure if I should say thank you for that. Yeah. Well, hopefully, hopefully I don't have to say thank you. Father's Day weekend for you the last uh, eight to ten years has always been followed by a question mark. Yes, it it, it has been a a serious (laughs) issue. All right, Yankees knocked off Texas real quick. Go around the league three to two yesterday. Yankees in a roll, big though. They got swept by Boston, but then have won. uh, I think six out of seven since then. Twelfth inning, Brett Gardner gets a base hit. Curtis Granderson crosses home, and the Yankees celebrate with another W. They're starting to get the field again. And I don't know if any Yankee hit a home run yesterday. It's rare for them to win without homers. You know, and uh, yeah, like uh, I'm watching that game and I'm just waiting and waiting. And it's, and it's coach, the Yankees need to change their approach, or else they're not going to be a team that's going to win in the playoffs. You're saying uh, they can't just depend on the home run? Is that what you're alluding to? They they won one a Brett uh, you know a Brett Gardner single yesterday, but I, I swear to you, it seemed like every at bat somebody was trying to hit the ball five miles. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's and that's not going to win you a lot of games. Yeah, I'll tell you one guy that's uh, been playing really consistently solid ball from start to finish, and that's uh, University of Illinois Chicago's very own Mr. Curtis Granderson. He's been awesome. Oh, my goodness, Coach, it, he is. MVP worthy yep. at this point, 65, 70 games into a major league season. That's uh, that's big time. Okay, Coach, I, I'm not just throwing it out there for conjecture or just, just saying it because we like the guy and he's a, he's a local, homegrown, good guy. He went 21 home runs already. Mm-hmm. He's second in RBIs in the American League. 
And he's not the best defensive center fielder in the American League. He's not Franklin Gutierrez. He's not Andrew McCutcheon or Drew Stubbs. But the guy's a really good defensive center fielder. What a season. What a season. No question about it. The Yankees are travel. The Boston Red Sox winning again. 11 of their last 12 to knock off Tampa Bay. 4-2 to two and another uh, right up there with Granderson, big dog, I would say. Top five MVP candidate Adrian Gonzalez. A double and a homer yesterday. And the Red Sox are just on an incredible roll. You know, right now, Adrian Gonzalez has the lead over Curtis Granderson. For MVP? A lot of, people, a lot of yeah, yeah, he does. What, what about my guy, Asdrubal Cabrera? Uh, yeah, let's not forget him, because don't forget, you can say that Granderson and Adrian Gonzalez's numbers are much better than Asdrubal Cabrera, but Asdrubal Cabrera is playing shortstop, and he's playing gold glove caliber shortstop, and he's still hitting 310 and on pace for like 25 homers and, and then and 110 driven in. Azubu Cabrera is having a great season. Right now, statistically, Adrian Gonzalez is having the, the best year in baseball right now. I mean, he's, he's on pace to drive in about 145 RBIs and hit 340 this season, Coach. Wow. You know I mean? This isn't the year 2000 where, you know, shortstops put up those numbers. Yep. You know I mean, this is, we're back to normal baseball later. You know, nowadays where pitchers can throw shutouts and, you know, like a run is actually difficult to get. Yep. So it's uh, like like when you're talking about Curtis Granderson hitting 21 home runs. It's funny like when everybody gets on a really huge home run pace or RBI pace. Whenever they show like we're going to compare this to somebody else in the team's history. Whenever they show the Yankees, it's somebody between 1927 and 1932, or in the mid 90s to early aughts, because that's when they were either on steroids or they were using helium in the baseball. Honestly, you know what I mean. It's you know, so like when you see Adrian Gonzalez on a pace of what Jimmy Fox did in in 1930, you know Adrian Gonzalez is bashing the baseball. Is what I'm saying. I was always partial to a Mel Ott, but uh, Jimmy oh, Fox not a bad choice either. He Mel Ott had the big leg kick. Yep. You know, 511 home runs. He's one of, one of the greatest players of all time, Coach. No question about it. Uh, moving along, Detroit knocked off Cleveland six to two. I think that was a split in that series. Pretty competitive series. Bottom line, though, is the Tigers now have a one-game lead over Cleveland. Big dog, the Tigers, uh, the team to beat in the AL Central as they knock off Cleveland 6-2. Uh, I, I think it's going to stay that way. You know, everyone's assuming that the Indians are just going to fall flat on their face. I don't think so. It's going to be a good, good season all the way down to the end. So uh, the Twins right now are hot. The, the White Sox, I know we keep saying it and saying it, but it's history. It's not just like... We're looking at a team on paper, and we say they're going to be good because they look good on paper, and then it never comes to fruition. The White Sox always get really, really hot in the middle of the season. There's, it's a four-team race, Coach. Mm-hmm. So four-team race. Uh, you are discounting Mark Carmen's beloved Kansas City Royals out of that race? Uh, I'm, I'm not kidding you, Coach. In 2015, the Royals will be the World Series champion. <laughs> 2016. Or 15. Big, yeah, either or. big dog not looking ahead to next year, but looking ahead four years down the road. Very interesting. By the way, speaking of your White Sox in Minnesota, Twins knocked them off yesterday at a classic one to nothing. Nick Blackburn, Mark Burley, great pitching duel. Mark uh, Michael Kadire's home run, the only run of the game, a one nothing win, seven in a row. Minnesota continues its jinx over the semi-frustrated, anxious Chicago White Sox. What the White Sox just need to do is just avoid. They should go on vacation. Just take the three losses, take three forfeits, go yep. on vacation to like Bermuda or something. Come back refreshed for the series after. Mm-hmm. Is, 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 is that a is that a good way to look at it, or should they just 
get their comeuppance and get their beat down and, and leave devastated after oh, yeah. getting beat up by the Twins every single no, day. I'm, a, I'm with you. I'm a big fan of uh, clear your head therapy, a little maybe a couple of days on a remote island near Jamaica somewhere and just, uh, you know, a little hula dancing, a little pig roast and stuff, clear your mind, come back and play some baseball, no question. Hey, Edwin Jackson, are you upset that you just gave a loss to the Minnesota Twins? Uh, heck no, man. I'm in, I'm in Jamaica, <laughs> and my ERA did not go up. You know what I'm saying? It's not bad. Yeah. It's a much better way to look at it. Short, short-term memory is a key in uh, the sport of baseball, big dog. Moving to the National League. How about the uh, speaking of the National League? The Nationals, the Washington Nationals, they sweep the St. Louis Cardinals. We don't talk about the Nationals too often. Six consecutive wins, a three Run homer in the bottom of the tenth by Daniel Espinosa, big dog of the Nationals. Sweep the Cardinals. How about that, says Mel Allen. Espinosa has some of the most power in the game of baseball. I'm not kidding you. He's you know, a little second baseman for the the Nationals coach. You know, he's only hitting like two twenty. Um but he can crush the ball. He's a he's a nice little player that they got. The the Nationals like the Royals. I, I wasn't just making fun of the Royals by saying they're gonna you know, they'll be good in four years. Yep. Like the Royals do have a nice future. The Nationals are another one of those teams, coach. You know, they got Strasburg and Harper, the two most uh hyped baseball players I can remember in years, you know, in in their system. And those guys look like they're gonna be studs it's because Strasburg's, you know, really getting better back from the elbow surgery. The, the Nationals are up and coming team, believe it or not. I'm not can you have you seen Jordan Zimmerman pitch? Uh, I have not. I mean, the kid, oh, he's, he's got a, the most devastating changeup in the National League East. I mean, they, they, they kick and play, coach. Seriously. So, uh, they've got a nice team, Ian Desmond, Ryan Zimmerman. Uh, they were smart not resigning Adam Dunn. Anybody that wants like a five-year million dollar deal anymore, but they're, they're not even considering signing those people anymore. They're going to actually develop talent. So, mm-hmm. not a bad idea. All right. Nationals on a roll. St. Louis slipping a little bit. Um, Philadelphia also on a roll. They knock off Florida three to nothing. That's seven consecutive wins. Cliff Lee pitches a shutout. And Big Dog, we haven't talked much about it, but the collapse of the Florida Marlins has been about as dramatic a three-week, maybe almost one-month period of time as we've seen in recent years in Major League Baseball. Florida was playing great. They are absolutely devastated now. Like 11 and a half games back, it seemed like just yesterday, they were battling Philadelphia for the uh, league championship. You know, they, they won every fifth day because Josh Johnson was out there, Coach. Yep. And ever since he went down, they're, they're losing every fifth day. Oof. And those four other games, they're losing three out of four of those. So, you know, that's not good. And then they find out that Josh Johnson, like, they were like, oh, he's probably going to come back soon. And then in a side session, his his elbow or his shoulder flared up again, and they put up, they're like, well, he's not coming back till July, probably August. Oh, boy. And ever since they announced that, I mean, mm-hmm. they've been getting tore down. This is a team with a lot of good young hitters in it. Mike Stanton, right now, this, I would trade anybody on the Cubs roster for Mike Stanton. Anyone. Darling Castro. Anybody. Whoever. He's without question. Maybe not without question. Well, he's without question one of the top five young baseball players in the what, game. What order. position does he play? He plays right field coach. And the best thing for me to tell you is this. He's six foot five. He's 227 pounds. He was the number one defensive player. In California, Woo. football, USC offers him a scholarship. And at the time, uh, Pete Carroll's like, this guy will start as a freshman. And okay. What when position? He to, he's, that's, that's the key. 6'5, 235 pounds, coach. What do you think he's playing? Quarterback. Corner. Cornerback. He's the fast, he's a blur. He's uh, Bo Jackson playing baseball. That's wow. what people don't realize. Have you seen the home runs this guy hits? He's hit three home runs this year over 450 feet. 
Okay, he hit a foul ball the other day that estimated at 485 feet. He almost hit it out of uh, whatever they're calling where they play the Marlins now. You know what I mean? So there's some young guys down there. Gabby Sanchez can hit. Logan Morrison can hit. Emilio Bonifacio is like a legitimate like leadoff guy. He can run like the wind. So interesting that you haven't mentioned uh, you know their superstar of previous years, Hanley Ramirez. He's almost an afterthought now. Yeah, but he's had a week back. You know how long he's had a coach? About a week back. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So uh, still hope it sounds like for the Florida Marlins, but boy, they got to get out of that slump. How about Atlanta knocking off the New York Mets nine to eight? Big dog. They win. Uh, Chipper Jones on third base. DJ Carrasco, the pitcher, box. Not much of one, but it was caught by the umpire. A balk winning run comes in. Who would have thunk it? Very rarely do you have the balk off, but that, that's what happened last night. Mm-hmm. And uh, Chipper Jones, by the way, five RBIs and a home run. He's starting to hit the ball again. Yeah, that's all he needs. Let it warm up a little bit. Let uh, Anybody out there who's old and creaky like we are, Coach, mm-hmm. you, you know one thing. All of a sudden it's a lot easier to wake up when it's 90 degrees out as opposed to when it's 33 degrees and raining. No question okay. about it. Chipper, um, Hall of Fame, big dog. If he, if he were to retire right now, I think he's on the cusp. He's he's Amen. a tweener. I don't think he's a definite, but he, he's he's in the hunt, is he not? I just, I just want to let you know, we, I, we, we've we argued many times over Hall of Fame credentials, and every time we've pulled somebody else in, I've always said that I was right, whether it's Chris Brower or Danny Zetterman. Chipper Jones is a Hall of Fame player. 450 home runs. 300 career batting average, mm-hmm. was a division champion, what, every year but one in his career, mm-hmm. won a World Series, was the number one overall pick. The worst news that you ever heard about Chipper Jones ever was the fact that he uh, maybe may have smacked somebody in the face with a cream pie after a game-winning hit a little bit too hard. Mm-hmm. That Chipper Jones, without question, is a Hall of Famer. And if you look at his numbers as opposed to maybe Rafael Palmero and Sammy Sosa and some of the other guys that went to, uh, went to bat with a needle uh, in their butt, they're okay. not as, it's not as impressive, but trust me, who won more games? Makes me feel old, too, because I still remember Chipper Jones coming in as a young kid for the Atlanta Braves. He was the young, the new kid on the block with the veteran Atlanta team, and now here he is, the veteran. But you're probably right. I, I didn't realize he had 450 homers. That's uh, that's credential-worthy yeah. right there. Hey, to finish it up, Pittsburgh knocked off Houston 5-4. to four. The Pirates, couple of games over 500. Big dog, more importantly. Three games out of first place. Garrett Jones has been on a hot streak. He had a three-run homer yesterday. But the Pirates, they previously more about Pittsburgh Pirates. Couple of games over five hundred. They're in the race. Who would have thunk it? Uh, Coach, the, the Pirates are getting pitching. They, they really are. Paul Mahomes. Have you ever heard of him? Yep. I mean that kid. He's pitching phenomenal. Charlie Morton last year, Coach, was zero and ten with an ERA over ten at one point. Right now. Every game he goes out to the Pirates have a chance to win. The Pirates is all about pitching, and they also have a closer, Joel Hanrahan, throwing 100 miles an hour, coach. And he's got the he's he's one of those the, the new type of guys who only throws fastball, mm-hmm. but he throws three different versions of the fastball. He throws the four seamer, which is straight. He throws the two seamer, which is really a sinker, and he throws the cutter, which is kind of like a slider. His arm's going to last forever, coach. Just. Throw 100 miles an hour constantly yep. and have the ball move in a different direction. Hit me if you can. You'll see me once uh, every two weeks, maybe once a month because I'm a closer. Good luck. I face three batters a day. So, I mean, they have one of the top closers in the game right now, believe it or not, Joel Hanrahan. Yeah, I remember watching him in the first series against the Cub. Never seen the guy before, but like, ooh, boy, this guy's got uh, he's got a little 
a little bit of attitude when he comes out there, too. Hey, developing story, Big Dog, as we close down another week of award-winning program. We much appreciate everybody out there listening. U.S. Open. I'm looking up on the TV screen. In second place right now is your guy, Y.E. Yang. And by the way, don't try that at home on a Father's Day, or it might not be a very happy Father's Day. Be careful, are you, Y.E. Yang? He's at three under. Rory McIlroy, are you sitting down, Big Dog? Uh, don't tell me he fell apart again. Eleven under. Oh, he is almost at record pace midway through round two. He is run, threatening to run away with the U.S. Open. The 21-year-old from Ireland took yesterday's great round. He's even doing, but he's got an eight-stroke lead, Big Dog. Wow. 11 wow. under. Save some for Sunday, Rory, please. Yeah. Please. You know, he's, I really do want the kid to win just how well he handled the collapse. Maybe. Before, but. Maybe he could bring Joel Hanrahan to, to, in to close for him. That's not, you, Mariano Rivera, don't tell me he couldn't play like two or three holes on Sunday for you. Come on. <laughs> that would be good for if they had team golf. You know, you got your closer, you got your middle hitter, you got your driver. It's an interesting concept. All right. Doll, we got to wrap up another week of programming. Uh, again, our salute to dads out there. Everybody have a happy Father's Day weekend. And, uh, Big Dog, I know you're still single and uh, at least somewhat eligible for the females out there. Where might they find you this weekend? Where will you be uh, celebrating your single dumb this weekend? Uh, I'll just let all the girls know. Come and find me. I'll be out with my girlfriend this weekend as we will be partying in downtown city of Chicago. And we're going to someone's surprise party this week. So I can't wow. name my listening. Wow. So and- if, nobody, if none of your friends are calling you back, we're probably throwing you a surprise party. Beautiful. You have a good weekend, and I'll close the show as I opened it. Have a great Father's Day weekend, and... Uh, to you and yours, and please keep your hands off mine. Happy Father's Day, and that wasn't my hand, Coach. <laughs> all right, TalkZone.com, two guys at a mic. We're signing off. David Olson, our producer, great job all week. Have a wonderful weekend, everybody. We'll see you Monday at 10. Don't be late.